And so please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Tonight we're going to be taking a look at Luke chapter 10. And it's going to be the last half of that chapter. It's going to be verses 38 through 42. Now the title of our message here tonight is simply One Needful Thing. I like to keep it nice and simple. One needful thing. And I may even give that one needful thing right at the very beginning. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But first of all, I want us to see that God prefers our worship over our work. God, God would prefer our worship over our work. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 10 and verses 38 through 42. It says, And now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was covered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? And bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this night. I thank you for another night that we get to come and to worship and to serve you, Lord. Now, I pray that you'll be with this time of preaching. I pray that you would just give me the words to say. I pray that everything that I say tonight wouldn't be of my own self, but I pray that you would just completely empty me of myself and fill me with your spirit. I pray that you'd also be with all those who are here tonight. I want to thank you for their willingness to come and to hear from you tonight, Lord, I pray that you would just be with our ears, be with my voices, Lord, that we would just um, see your presence here tonight in this service. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So here, God prefers our worship over our work. First of all, let's take a look at the laboring sister. Now, the laboring sister in this story would be Martha. Now, many of us, when we look at this story, we like to think of there's a good sister and there's a bad sister. There's the, the good sister and then there's the evil sister. We see Mary as being the good, good sister. You know, she, she listened to Jesus. And then we see kind of Mary in, a, in a, a bad tone. We see her as the evil sister. You know, oh, she didn't listen to Jesus when he was there. But I want us to kind of take a look at uh, kind of how they had two different personalities. They're kind of two totally different people in the way that they uh, serve Jesus. So first of all, let's take a look at Martha's dilemma. In verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So kind of give us a little bit of a background of this passage. This actually comes right after Jesus had given his parable of the Good Samaritan. And so in that story, kind of the main, uh, if you boil it all down to it, would be the main teaching of that lesson is to that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, our neighbor doesn't have to be, you know, somebody that's like us, that has the same, you know, same culture as we do, all those things. No, our neighbor can be anyone. See, like the good Samaritan, he shouldn't have helped out the person that was the side of the world, the person that was injured, but he did. He loved them, decides, no matter the culture, no matter who they were, he loved them. And when we really kind of boil down the whole Bible, uh, back in the Old Testament, they had tons of laws. Laws up and down could fill a whole book, and which actually does. But that whole 
whole book. We got a tons of laws in the Old Testament. But when we kind of boil all that down to it, there's kind of two main commandments that we are told to obey, and that is to love our neighbor as ourselves and to also love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And now in this passage, we see uh, before it talks about loving our neighbor as ourselves, but in this passage and the passage after, which is going to be the Lord's Prayer, it's going to be about how we can love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. So first of all, Martha kind of has a little dilemma. You know, Jesus had a special relationship with Mary, Martha, and also Lazarus. So uh, Jesus had just gone through uh, Jerusalem, and he was coming into a... um, into the city of Bethany, which is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. And so he had a special relationship with them. He was special friends with them. And it was kind of like Jesus had disciples that seemed to be closer to him than others. And that was kind of like his friends, Mary, Martha, and also Lazarus. They were special friends to Jesus. And they always, they loved him with their whole heart. And they wanted to serve him in any way possible. And so Jesus, many times when he passed through Bethany, he would stay at Mary and Martha and Lazarus's house. And this time was no different. Now, when Jesus came to her house, I'm, it kind of wasn't just Jesus by himself. He had his disciples. So she kind of had a little bit of dilemma. I mean, she was going to have about like 13, 14-year-old middle-aged guys come to her house. That's going to take a lot of prep work. She kind of had a little bit of dilemma. She had to get ready for all those people coming over to her house. And now Martha wasn't just the normal hostess that kind of had the basic things and placements. No, she went above and beyond to serve her Savior. She went above and beyond to serve her guests that she was going to have that week. So she was, she had so many things going on. So her dilemma was that she was going to have Jesus come to her house and also disciples. Second of all, we can see her distraction. In verse 40, it says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. So Martha was cumbered about much serving. You see, when Jesus came to her house, she was always doing something. I mean, that was Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He's in your house, and yet she was cumbered about. The word cumbered means she was distracted, so she was kind of distracted with all the little things that were going on in, in, in her house, and she made sure that everything was perfect. She made sure everything was dusted, and I mean, she had a ton of stuff going on. I mean, she had to clean that house. I mean, this is before the age of the iRobot vacuum. Oh, praise the Lord for those iRobot vacuums. They vacuum your house all for you. You don't even have to. You press a button, and boom, and your house is all clean. Yeah, you don't, no, it had to sweep back then. Oh, I mean, I don't even know how in the world their backs could handle it. I mean, nowadays, I get on my phone, press a button, the robot goes through, all clean, it's all good. Cooking. Oh, man, cooking must have been torture back then. I mean, cooking over a fire? Are you kidding me? I mean, she may have been rich. She may have had like a double-decker fireplace, but that was about as nice as it got. I mean, she didn't have the bachelor's best friend, the microwave. I mean, pop a a frozen meal in there, three minutes, boom, done, amazing meal. She didn't have that. She couldn't just pop a bunch of uh, microwave meals in the microwave. No, she had to get ready for that. And also, she had to make sure all the beds were made. She made sure that everything was perfect. And as I said, Martha wasn't just a normal hostess. She would have been that hostess that had that um, special vegetable tray, but it wasn't just vegetables on the tray. She would make it look like a Van Gogh painting, like it was all the fancy. It was so fancy and nice, and she always had everything just to the T. That was Martha. But Jesus Christ was in her house, and she decided to not spend that time with Jesus. She decided to work for him, 
but she didn't decide to worship him. I mean, he was right there in her presence, and she was distracted with all these other things that were going on, and she decided to not worship with her Savior as he was there. Not only do we see that, but we also see her complaint. You see, she was there doing all the work all by herself. And the second part in verse 40, it says, and it came, and it, okay, so, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving, so she was serving, doing all those things, and came to him. So she comes to the Lord and says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Now, I mean, I see where Martha's coming at. Like, any of you who have brothers and sisters here tonight, you know where Martha's coming from. I mean, me, when I was a kid, I was always the one doing all the work. That was you too, right? You were always the one doing all the work. Your brother, Timothy, oh man, he's doing nothing. He's sitting on his cell phone watching YouTube or whatever. And sister Caitlin, like, I don't know where she's at. Makeup, I guess. I don't know. She's out there doing other things. I'm the only one that's doing all of this work. You're complaining, you know, I have to do all these things. And that was exactly what Martha was doing. She was complaining to Jesus. She's saying, hey, tell my sister Mary to help me out here. Do you not see how much work I got going on, how many things I have to get ready for? And then Jesus had some interesting answers to Martha that we're going to get to in a little bit later. So Mary had, or Martha had a dilemma. She had Jesus Christ coming over. She had to get the house ready. She wanted to get everything to, get everything to the tea, make sure everything was perfect. And that was her distraction. She was serving Jesus. She was doing a lot of the work, but she wasn't doing a whole lot of the worship. And then she also had her complaint, complaining to Jesus that she's doing all this work and she's the only one that, you know, wants to serve and, and to help him and to do the work that it requires to, to entertain these, these men, these disciples and Jesus. Second of all, that was, the first, that was the first sister. That was Martha. That was a laboring sister. Second of all, let's take a look at the listening sister. And that was Mary. Let's take a look at verse 39. In verse 39, we see what Mary does when Jesus comes into the house. In verse 39, it says, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. You see, this is the one needful thing that Mary had done in this passage. She sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his words. You see, Martha was so cumbered about, she, was, she had so many different things going on that she didn't take her time to worship God as he was there. But Mary decided to put, I'm sure there was lots of things that she could have done, but she knew at that time, it wasn't the work that Jesus required, it was simply the worship. It was just simply listening to him and hearing from his word. I mean, when Jesus is there, I mean, that's your opportunity to speak to the Savior of the world. And he also had disciples there. I'm sure there's many encouraging stories that they had of the many miracles that Jesus had done, many things that Jesus, that these disciples were able to see Jesus do, whether it was healing a blind man or, or making the sick people and healing them. Like, they had seen many great things, and yet Martha had missed it because she was too busy, distracted. She was too distracted from all the other things that were going on in her life. But yet Mary, even though she could have done all this work, even though she had many things that she could have been doing, she decided to take time off and sit and listen to the Savior. You see, Mary chose to worship the Savior rather than to just simply work for the Savior. 
So that was the listening sisters. For first off, we have the laboring sister. We have Martha, too busy doing things, too distracted. Second of all, we had the listening sister. Even though she had many things that she could have been doing, she decided to step back and listen to the Savior. Now third, let's take a look at the loving Savior. Let's see, take a look at what Jesus' response to these two women were. Let's take a look at verses 41 and 42. Verses 41 says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Jesus has an interesting answer to Martha. You see, he actually says her name twice. This is to kind of show compassion. He doesn't get mad at her. He doesn't just, uh, just jump out at her and says, how in the world could you be doing all these things? I mean, I'm here. Why aren't you listening to me? No, he has compassion on her. He says her name twice. It's Martha. Martha, why are you doing all these things? Why are you coming about with all these things? Why aren't you sitting down and doing that one needful thing, sitting at my feet and listening to me? See, look, he didn't jump out at her. But he says that thou art careful and troubled about many things. It says that you're anxious. The careful means to be anxious about. She was too anxious about all these things going on. And she was worried about the little tiny minute details. She wasn't worried about the most important thing, sitting at her feet of the Savior and listening to him. So how can we avoid being like Martha? Now, like I said at the beginning of the story, lots of us like to paint the picture as Mary being the bad sister, and, or Martha being the bad sister, and Mary being the good sister. But as we see from this passage, nothing that Mary had done in and of itself was wrong. The work that Mary had done wasn't wrong, but it was kind of the attitude that she had behind it and the timing in which she was serving when she should have been listening to the Savior. So what Mary wasn't doing wasn't wrong. I mean, the Bible says multiple times that we need to be actively working and serving our Savior. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 22, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. And James 2.18 also says, That yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. You see, works for Jesus is important. I, I feel like one of the um, ways in which Christians can show their love for the Savior is simply through their work and serving Jesus through their work. I mean, after all, if, I mean, the Great Commission, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That takes work. It's not going to happen on its own. No, Jesus commands us to go out and to tell others. You see, work isn't a curse that Jesus gave us. No, when the world was perfect, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, the one thing that Jesus did, he gave them the garden to, to keep it up, to upkeep it. See, like, it wasn't anything about the work being wrong that Martha did, but it was completely about the attitude and the timing in which she had done it. You see, many times um, we don't take time to sit and worship the Savior. We like to give, give, give. Like everyone here tonight, Sunday night is usually generally the core group of Christians that really kind of keep the train going. We're the ones that are, a lot of us in here, we work on the bus or we're a Sunday school teacher or we're very active in a certain part of ministry. We're the ones that kind of keep everything going. 
But lots of times it's always work, 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 go, go, go. But how much time do we take to spend with our Savior on our own? That was one of the, another important lesson that I learned on tour. You see, I was busy all the time. Sure, I was working, working, working. I was giving, giving, giving. But lots of times I really kind of spiritually felt down. It wasn't because I wasn't working for the Savior. It wasn't because I wasn't, wasn't doing all that I can to see kids come and get saved, teenagers come and get saved. But it was simply because I wouldn't take time to feed my own soul. I wouldn't take time to feast from God's Word. And sometimes that can happen to many of us here tonight. We like to give, give, give. We like to serve, serve like Martha did. But many times we don't take time as Mary did to just sit and worship the Savior on our own. You see, look, everyone here tonight, we need to serve from a cup that is overflowing. We can't just pour out the Spirit on other people and keep on pouring it and pouring it and pouring it. When our cup gets empty, when we're not serving this Lord like we should, when we're not reading our Bible like we should, when we're not praying like we should, then our cup is just empty. And we're not serving from an overflowing heart that's filled with the Spirit. We're just doing our own thing. We're trying to, to, trying to do everything on our own. And that was kind of what Martha was doing. What she was doing wasn't wrong. Yes, she had to work. She had to do these things. I mean, she had to eat. She had to prepare the food. But yet she was doing it kind of in a way that wasn't serving the Lord. You see, we got to serve from a heart that is overflowing. And we also have to do it with a heart that is not complaining. Like uh, many of us here... Um, Sometimes I, I notice when you're doing lots of work in the church, when you're, I mean, you're a Sunday school teacher, you work on the bus, you do Awana, you're doing all these things, and we kind of, sometimes we get to be in, in Martha's standpoint where we're like, oh, Lord, look, I mean, this person's not doing anything. I can't believe they're not doing anything. When in reality, that's not really our problem. And that's really kind of serving the Lord out of an unwilling heart. It's kind of just saying, I'm just serving the Lord because I have to. I'm doing this just because, you know, I need to and stuff like that. I, I, nobody can do it as good as I can. I mean, come on. See, look, that's kind of serving the Lord from a standpoint of, you know what? I'm doing it because I need to, because I have to, but we're not doing it from a willing heart. First Peter 5 verse 2 says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. You see, it says, don't, don't feed the flock of God. So don't work for God out of a, a, not by constraint. The word constraint means unwillingly or by force. See, like serving our Savior shouldn't be a chore for us. Serving our Savior should be a joy for us. See, Martha was serving the Savior just because she felt like she had to, she needed to. When in reality, God didn't just make us to go into all the world. He didn't just give us all these commands. Go do this. Go do that. Go do this. Go do that. Because I need you to do it. That's the only reason why. And no, we should serve the Lord out of a willing heart. But we should also um, see that, that we need to serve the Lord in a way that is, is honoring and, and pleasing to him. And not just out of our own heart. Not out of our own mind. You see, sometimes too much of a good thing can be a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. I'll say that again. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. And many times that is 
how we serve the Lord, how we work for the Lord. We're doing all these good things, but sometimes that good thing can become a bad thing when it replaces that best thing, that one needful thing, sitting at the feet of Christ and hearing from his word and heeding to it. You see, sometimes good can be an enemy to great. And that was the same exact way in this passage. Good, the work that Martha was doing was good, but the great work that Martha, or Mary was doing was sitting at the feet of the Savior and listening to him. See, what we do for the Lord can never be a satisfactory substitution for our worship of the Lord. Now, working for the Lord can never be a substitution from our worship to the Lord. Uh, many of us, whether it's we go out on door-to-door on Saturday and we kind of say, well, that's clocked my time in for the Lord. I did my work and I'm done. I don't need anything else. I've done my work. I'm done. It's fine. I've clocked in, done my job. All right, we're through. No, but we need to serve the Lord from a standpoint where we worship him and there is no time constraint necessarily. And we can't just say that, oh, you know what? We clocked in, we did our work. And now we don't have to worship him. We don't have to read our Bible. We don't have to pray. We need to make sure that we serve the Lord out of a willing heart and out of a heart that is overflowing with Jesus Christ. You see, in this passage, we see the laboring sister. We see Martha, the sister that was too busy, that was too distracted by many things that were going on. Like many of us get distracted, whether it be by you know, the TV or whether it be relationships that we have with other people. We get distracted, kind of like Martha, and we kind of get even distracted by those good things, our work for Jesus Christ. And we see the listening sister. We see Mary, that even though she had many things to do, at that moment she decided to stop and serve and worship the Savior rather than working for him at that moment. Third and finally, we see that the loving Savior, God is loving, even though we may have messed up in the past, even though we may have been serving from a heart that was kind of empty, from a heart that wasn't overflowing. Maybe we were putting that good thing first before that great thing. Maybe we were putting our works before our actual worship. Hey, God even calls to us, hey, Thomas, Thomas, it's fine. You can come to me. You can make it right. You can, you can serve out of a willing heart. You can serve and put that great thing first, put that relationship with Jesus Christ first. So we saw how we can avoid being like Martha. We need to make sure that we put the great thing first. We need to make sure that we put our relationship with Jesus Christ before any works that we can do. We must put our worship before our works. Now, there might be some of you here tonight, and you might say, well, you know, I don't do a whole lot of works for Jesus Christ because, you know what, I don't know him as my personal Savior. I mean, why would you work for someone? Why would you do all these things for someone that's not even, you, you don't even know? And so tonight, maybe there might be someone here that don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And that's the start of that relationship with the new life in Christ. It is simply believing on him believing that he came on this earth, lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins. And all you have to do is simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. That is simply the gospel in a nutshell. And that is that relationship that will kind of jumpstart you into a completely new life. A new life that is just just filled with the Holy Spirit. A, A life that's not filled with yourself, but a life that is filled with giving, as I was talking about tonight, you know, 
loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving Jesus Christ above all else with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And for those of you who are saved, how is our, how is our worship here tonight? Sure, we may have that works part down. We may be doing a lot of things for Jesus Christ, but how is our worship? How is our relationship with Jesus Christ tonight? You may say it's not the best. Well, Jesus Christ calling to you here tonight. He's even calling to you. He says, Mary, Mary, or Martha, Martha. He might be calling to you, saying your name, and we can make it right tonight. So let's not put our works before our worship. Let's put the first thing first. Let's put what is great before that, which is good. Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.